Hallelujah. Hey, why don't you do me a favor? If you're sitting next to somebody, just grab the hand of the person next to you. Sandy Cheshire, uh, she's in the hospital here in Woodward, and we went up yesterday and, and prayed for her. I just want us to join together and to pray for Sandy right now. In the name of Jesus, we declare health and healing over Sandy. Father, even the, remo the remembrance stones that are on the stage these are for remembrance. There's times where you've already healed her of cancer. There's times where she was sick, and there was times where you've brought health and healing upon her body. We just remind uh, you of those times, and we thank you for Sandy. We thank you for the operation that she had. We thank you that, the, that you may have given the wisdom to the doctors to cut and sew and diagnose, but the healing power comes from you, Almighty God, and we declare healing over Sandy right now in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said amen. Amen, amen. Um, our one word, if you haven't gotten your one word yet this year, there's that one word table over there. Is there anybody here that has their one word and it's love? Any Anybody in here that has the word? Come right up here. I'm going to give you this. This is um, this is for you. That's We just did a little research. There's the word love, definitions, and all that other stuff for you on there. And you can take that home. Anybody have the one word passion? Anybody in here have the one word passion? There you go. Here you go, Linda. We're giving you that that one there. It, it just has a, it's kind of doing the work for you. Anybody have the word cherish? Anybody have the word cherish? That that was one word. Somebody's word is cherish, but you may not be here today. So I'm going to hold that for the, if we, okay. Lori, that's Lori Taylor's, huh? Awesome. Perhaps. I think that may be right. Well, that, that belongs to Lori Taylor. Bernita, will I take this back to Lori Taylor if that's her word? Give that to her today. Turn to your neighbor and say, Shelly had her preach on this morning. <laughs> Shelly had her preach on this morning. I was like, wow. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look out, look out there. Look out there, look out there. That hat, did you, were you able to get my hard hat? Did you, oh, where, where is it at? Oh. Hey. Somebody say it's time to go to work time to go to work. I, I want to talk about today, I want to talk about building for your future. We've been talking about being under construction and being under construction in our lives, being under construction. How many of you know I got my construction hat on today? Amen. Amen. Y'all like that? They look good? Does it look good? Tell me a story. Tell me, yeah, even though it doesn't. Amen. <laughs> I want to talk with you today about framing our future with words, framing our future with words today. And I want to talk a little bit about today because I, all, all everything's God seems to be orchestrating everything today. If I could boil down the praise and worship, the prophetic words that came forth, the testimonies that came forth, I think it would say get serious with God. It's time to get serious with God. It's time to get off the fence. It's time to get your life turned around. Are you building something today? How many of you know that Jesus is a builder? Hello? He was a builder. And, and God's made us to be a builder, not a complainer. God's made you to be a builder, not a whiner. God's made you to be a builder, not a griper. Come on, somebody. God's made us to be builders. He showed it through Jesus. Jesus was a builder, so I'm a builder. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a builder. Come on. Some of you might be even calling those things that be not as though they were and saying, I'm a builder. Tell somebody around you, I'm a builder. 
I'm a builder. You're never going to be truly happy in this life unless you're following what God has for you. It's all going to be it's all going to be superficial. So I want you to know that we've got to get get past our past and operate into a new future. There's some things ahead of you and you got to let go of the past and you got to move forward for the things that are in the future. If you're going to build. Amen. So I got my construction hat on. Maybe maybe sometime I'll get one of those one of those jackhammers. I got an opportunity to, was it, was it Mario? Was it one time that we had, we were doing the fence and stuff. We rented a jackhammer. I'm just like, let me behind that thing. I want to get a hold of that thing. I felt like a real man. Hey, that's just how I felt. I was just being honest with you, right? If we're going to live in guilt and condemnation, the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're feeling guilty or condemnation, then get out of that because you're not in Christ. When you're in Christ, there's going to be no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So we've got to begin to get away from our past, the issues of our past, the hurts and pains of our past, the destruction of our past, and say, you know what? I'm going to tear those things down. I'm going to begin to move into the future. Can I get an amen? Amen. So today's message, I want to talk a little bit about framing your future, our future with words. Let me just pray for you right now. Father, I just pray against any distractions, any wandering minds today. And Father, that this message will bring right life and it will bring revelation right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Shelly touched on the 40-day fast of negativity and the 40-day feast of positivity. And it's amazing how sometimes we can say, you know what, our words will cancel things out. Do you, not, do you know that your words begin to build? Your words can actually build. It'll build for your future. Say, I'm building for my future. And then now your words have to line up with that of which you're building for your future. There are some things ahead of you today that, that, that your words just need to line up with what God says. See, God didn't make you to be ordinary. God made you to be extraordinary or extraordinary. God made you to be extraordinary or extraordinary. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. Tell him that he's talking about me now. He's talking about me. I'm extraordinary. And then there's some of you would look at you and go, yeah, you are. Yes, you are. You are extraordinary. You're different. You're extraordinary. We, I'm going to just do a little review real quick. Matthew 7, let me give you some scriptures if you're writing it down. You don't have to turn there. But we talked a little bit about Matthew chapter 7 in verses 24 and 25. And he talks, Jesus talks about building your life on a solid rock. About building your life. You've got a foundation in which you build your life on. You're going to build your life on, on something that's solid, are you going to build your life when there's storms and the things blow and the wind blows and it's rainy and it's terrible out and a tornado or a hurricane or earthquake comes and shakes it all off that foundation? Or are you going to build your life on the foundation of Christ? And it has to be on foundation of Christ, and that's a solid rock. So we talked a little bit about building for our future. We talked about the things that we wanted to do and looked at it, and Jesus was saying this was the foundation. Storms come. Life has issues, right? Life has issues. Things happen in life, right? Things you can't control. Things you can't understand and things you don't know if you can even comprehend, but things happen. It's when those things happen, how we deal with them. 
that's going to make the difference, that we're going to continue to build for our future. Then we talked a little bit about Jeremiah 1.10, and we went back to Jeremiah, and he said, I had pointed you this day over nations and over kingdoms. He was talking about Israel, but how many of you realize you are appointed over some things? God's given you dominion. There were six things that he really talked about in Jeremiah 1.10. And four of them were the demo part. When you're looking at construction, the demo part's fun, man. I remember when we were doing this building in here, before we were able to get a building permit, we could tear stuff down. And it was fun. We had a community service worker come in, and that guy had a blast. We gave him a sledgehammer and said, tear that pharmacy right there out. And that boy went to work, man. I mean, that boy went to work, and he was slinging that, that sledgehammer around. He was just doing some demo work. And how many of you know our lives need some demo work? They need some demo work. And he really talked about four different things for the demo in Isaiah one or Jeremiah 1.10. And he said, you got you to gotta pluck it up. There's some things that need to be uprooted in our lives. There's some seeds that have started to take root. Have you ever had the thought that you weren't good enough? That that seed tries to take root, and you got to pull that up because it's not how good you are. It's what Jesus has done for us that makes us good. Come on, somebody. There's nothing I got that's good enough for anything, but when I come into Christ, now everything I have should be under his subjection. Can I get an amen? And he talked about plucking it up. Say, pluck it up. And he talked about breaking it down, you know, or pulling it down. Those thoughts that come in, you got to pull those things down that says, I'm no good, or I'm not good enough, or maybe I can't do this, or maybe I can't do that. And all these different negative thoughts that come in, you know, every time I bake a pie, it's terrible. You know, it's not terrible. Come on. Those of us that eat and love the pie, we, we, li- we like it no matter what it looks like. Can I get an amen? Yeah, we, we like that. So you got to break those things down or pull those things down. The other thing he talked about was to destroy. We got to destroy everything that sets itself up against what God says, against his word. We got to destroy those things. And the other one was to overthrow or throw down. But in Jeremiah, he didn't leave us just tearing stuff apart. He didn't leave us just throwing stuff over and go, yeah, that was cool, man. Let's just. He also came to the place where after you destroy these things, you begin to build, say build. And that's what he said. He said, you begin to build. You begin to build literally. You begin to build physically. You begin to build. You begin to start moving forward. Come on, somebody. Somebody's been on high center today, and I'm here to tell you that after today, you're going to begin to move forward with the things that God has for you. Hallelujah. It's a good place to say amen. Amen. So he talked about being built, and to build means to, to make or to repair. And then he comes in, and he says, you need to plant. You need to plant. And I was thinking about the tithes and offerings and planting. And that's what it is. You're sowing. You're sowing seed. And when that seed begins to mature, it begins to root. It begins to get watered. It begins to begin to nurture it. I love, I love the springtime. And then all of a sudden you can look at, I was trimming my shrubs and stuff. I was looking at my trees and they're budding out and the, the, the bushes are either bushes or budding out. There's one I was cutting up, had these little red berry things on there. And I was like, this is so cool. I love new life. I love new life. God loves new life. And he's showing his, his glory right now. He's showing it to you right now. Of course, you can see that in, in the other seasons also. But I want us to know that, that he talks about begin to plant or to be a planter or planting. Did you know that you're really kind of a farmer too, right? 
because you go you go sow seed and and a farmer's going to sow a seed and and he's not going to just sow it tatum and say oh well i think i'll just i just i don't want to harvest no he's going to sow a seed and guess what he's expecting it's going to grow it's going to grow so I, I, god is expecting us to grow and i'm going to touch base on that framing a house anybody ever built a house anybody ever done some framing there's a few of you that have framing First of all, you can't frame shorty on something on the sand. You got to have the firm foundation, right? And that foundation that we're talking about today is Christ. When Christ is that foundation, now you can begin to build. You can begin to frame. And I was thinking about framing. I've done some framing myself. And I was thinking about framing. And, you know, when you begin to put up the two-by-fours in here, these were metal studs in here. But, you know, I've, I've always worked with wood two-by-four studs and begin to frame it. And all of a sudden, when you frame it, what happens to the frame? I was sitting in my house, and I thought, the frame, the framers come in after the foundation is poured, and then they begin to build on it. They take the architectural drawings, they come in, and they begin to frame. They begin to put up the wood. They begin to put up the walls. And the walls support the, the roof, don't they? Not only that, but don't they support the sheetrock? Doesn't it support the insulation? Doesn't it support the electrical? Come on, you guys that are builders and stuff. You're like, yeah, it supports all that stuff. It supports the roof, and then the roof, the roof supports the air conditioner units. There's a bunch of air conditioner units, uh, heating and air units on the top of this roof, but it's all held because of the frame. So we frame our world with our words. Why? Because that's what God did. When he saw darkness in Genesis, he said, let there be, started to frame it. Are you with me? So there's that framing that begins to take place. We begin to look at it, and we put insulation and drywall, and then we put texture and tape and texture, and then we put paint on there, and then we put other nice decorations on there, and, and, it, and it all begins to work together. So as we're building for the future, how many of you know as you're building for the future, you need to know that it takes time? And a lot of us are like, man, God didn't do it. He didn't do it now. Robbie and I have been talking a little bit, and, and God's just, he comes in and he's like, you know, God did this, and God did that, and God did this, and God did that. And I'm like, I don't want to hear it no more. I'm just goofing with them. But what I'm saying is what Shelly was saying earlier is that new believers, that they come to Christ or you've renewed your commitment to the Lord and all of a sudden he'll show you, that's who I am. That's who I am. And I'm thinking, I got to walk through this thing. And he just goes and it happens. <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'm glad for that. But it's building his faith. Are you with me? He's putting the foundation, and now all of a sudden there's some things that are being built as frames. There Now there's some things that are being built to put the drywall on. There's things to be able to put the insulation in. There's now there's walls that he can run the electrical through and the heating and air through. Can I get an amen? So, you know, and, and as uh, us, I, I gave my life to Christ back when I was 20 years old. And I was like, man, you know, it was like God, I didn't realize it then, but there were some things that God was just showing himself real to me. Just boom, 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 boom. And then now there's some things that we have, things happen like this. Wow. And I always give him glory. Let's give God some glory today. Can we give him some glory for that? Hallelujah. There's some principles in the word of God, and one of them is about 
your words. So Matthew 25 talks about the parable of the talent. So let me just real quickly read through Matthew 25. I'm going to look at verse 14. This talks about the parable of the talents. It says, for it is, verse 14, Matthew 25, verse 14, it's the parable of the talents. And a lot of times we equate this to our, our giftings and our talents, and it is, but the real foundation of this is financial. There, there's a financial teaching that I could actually give you out of this that says, when you do this, then this happens. But let's look at it on the aspect of your gifts or your talents. The aspect I want you to see really today is increase. Say increase. Verse 14. For it is, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. For it is, meaning the kingdom of heaven, is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own servants and he entrusted his possessions to them. And one he gave five talents to another two and to another one. Five, two, one. Each according to his own ability and he went upon a journey. Immediately the one who had received five talents went and traded with them and he gained five more talents. And in the same manner, one who had received the two talents gained two more. All right, look at me just a moment. The guy, gave, the guy had five talents. He went and traded them. Okay? Actually, it was in that day and age. It is now today. There's foreign exchange. There's foreign currency that there's $3 trillion a day traded on the foreign currency market. You got to know what you're doing to do it. But this guy went and traded his currencies in five talents and got five more, right? So was that a decrease or a increase? Everybody say increase. Increase. He had an increase. Now the other one he gave two talents. He said, here's the two talents. And the Bible says that he went and did the same thing. Now, is five greater than two? <laughs> Ever since I was a little boy, it's been greater than two. So when we look at that, is there's five talents and there's two talents. The one that traded five got five more. The one that traded two got two more. But five is greater than two. But if you read the rest of the deal, they got the same exchange. They basically said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You did good with what you had. You brought increase. Say increase. Come on, say increase. There's increase there's increase. So if I come to Christ when I was 20 years old and there were times where it was like I struggled and it was hard and I didn't know if there was any increase coming, I can look back now and say there's been increase. I, I've increased in wisdom. I'm not there, but I've increased in revelation, but I haven't arrived yet. I've increased in love. <laughs> I've increased in love. I've increased in a lot of areas that I can look back and say there was increase. Say increase. So he goes on and he received the one that received one talent. He went away, dug a hole, and he hid it in the ground. And after a long time, the master of the servants came and he settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came up and brought five more talents. And he says, see, I've gained five more talents. And his master said to him, well done, you good and faithful servant. You're faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of the master. Also, verse 22, the one who had received two talents came up. He said, master, you've entrusted me with two. See, I've gained two more. 
And the master said to him, he said, well done, the good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We see increase there. Everybody see increase? Say increase. There was increase. No matter what measure was given them, they took the measure and they increased it. Some people say, well, you know, Pastor Eric, you, you, you can do this and you can do that. I am not a five-talent dude. I'm a two-talent dude. And I got my two talents leveraged. Does anybody know the word leverage? It's an arbitrage plan for me. Come on, somebody. I got my two talents leveraged, and I'm working them things, and I'm working them, and I'm working my two talents. And some of you might think it looks like three talents, but I still got my two talents, and I'm still working them things. I'm still Because I'm still building for the future. Can I get an amen? I'm still working them talents, and I'm hoping because, you know what, the, the Bible says that they took the one talent from the one guy and gave it to the other one and had five. I'm like, God, I'm working my two talents. Just give me another one. I'm waiting for something else to arrive. I'm waiting for more materials to build with. I'm waiting for more wisdom to build with. I'm waiting for more revelation to build with. I'm waiting on these things to build with. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a builder. You're a builder. Tell them, say, you're a builder. You're a builder. But in order for us to build, we've got to understand that we've got to build with our words. Our words produce. Our words produce. Our words have life and death in your words. Life and death in your words. They produce something in your life. And you may not realize it, but what happens is all of a sudden we'll speak some things forth and things are going good. And then we'll talk contradictory to what the Word of God says. And you know what it's like? It's like spraying Roundup on it. Spraying Roundup on it. Man, one time I was spraying Roundup and the wind was blowing and I about killed that bush. Because the wind blew it over there, hello, and all of a sudden, the bush began to die because it was affected by that. And our words can be affected by that. God framed the worlds with his words. Don't you think the same principle in the word that God used is there for you too? Turn to your neighbor and say, you look marvelous. <laughs> I saw you smile. Yeah, she turned to you and you're like, you look marvelous. And he goes, I know I do. I know I do. But you understand how you can feel better with that? And it's not just saying it because you're saying it, because that's what God sees in you, and you look marvelous to him. You are beautiful. You are magnificent. You're more important than any silver and any gold or anything, that any precious gem or anything else. That's the words that we need to be able to, to hear and see. So we're fasting 40 days on, on negativity, and we're fasting, and we're at day 26, by the way, and we're, fa and we're feasting on positivity. Because your life will not change unless you change your words. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I got to change my words. Well, I don't know. Jason's better at it than I am. 
I mean, he's so much better, and he's better looking, and he's younger, and he's an awesome dude. So I just don't know. It's the Eeyore syndrome. Anybody know Eeyore, Winnie the Pooh? You know, all the time, Eeyore, I'm like, man, get that dude off the TV. He's got the little black cloud on him. I'm like, get that cloud out of the way. Get that thing off of Eeyore. Because that thing wants to jump on you too. And I get an amen on that. It is impossible to grow in faith without changing your vocabulary. We move from faith to faith to faith to faith. I'm going from one level of faith to another level of faith. As a Christian, as I'm growing, I also need to be a student of my words. Not just his word, but I need to be a student of my words, meaning I need to be careful. I realized, man, years ago, I cussed like a sailor, and I didn't even know any sailors. I just had always heard the term, cuss like a sailor. But profanity was, was I would say it, and I didn't even realize I was saying it. And there's some people today that use the F-bomb and do all sorts of stuff. And a lot, they aren't hearing themselves. They aren't hearing it. Are you with me? So what we've got to do, whether it's that or being negative. A lot of times we're negative and we don't even know we're negative. Maybe because we don't know what the positive is. So we've got to look at it. All I'm saying is I can have a plus one and I can take a plus one with a minus one and I'm still at zero. So I can say 20, 20, or, or 20 negative words, and maybe one positive word isn't going to just override those. Can I get an amen? So we begin to look at this. Some of you have said, my past is always keeping me down. There's no way I can rise above that. If you could look at the negative words, you might say, I'm not good enough, or I can't do it, or I don't know, I, I'm not smart enough, or maybe I don't have enough education, or, 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 or maybe I don't have enough wisdom, or don't you know where I came from? I came from the other side of the tracks. Those are all negative words. Those are all negative ideas. Those are all negative thirds, thoughts. But when I come into Christ, I become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Real quickly, let me give you a scripture that Jesus said. And I like to look at Jesus. I like to look at his life. In, in John 6, 63, the, the second part of that verse, this is what Jesus said. He said, I have spoken to you, the words that I've spoken to you, their life and their spirit, or their spirit and their life. I'm telling you, Jesus is about life. He's about life. Hey, give me some life, baby. Give it to me more abundantly. Give me something good. Man, if I want a hot dog, I don't want one. Give me about four of them. I like them hot dogs grilled on the... Well, you know, Angela likes them burnt. They're just like, I'm like, no, I think you can have them. I'll get mine off the grill a little earlier. Jesus is all about life. There's one thing that I want to just kind of drive home. I got three things, but I'm going to give you one today. All right. One thing I want you to drive home real quick. If Jesus says the words that I have spoken are spirit and life, do you know that Jesus' words carried power? Your words are powerful. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look marvelous. You all of a sudden, all of a, see, 
How powerful is that? I can look around here and I can see some of y'all going. And then somebody says, you look marvelous and you're going. (laughs) Guys, your wives need to hear that. Gals, your husbands need to hear that. Hello? Your words, your words are powerful. Say, my words are powerful. I'm gonna, I got an assignment for you. Here's the challenge. James chapter 3, and then we'll pick that up next week, but I want you to read James chapter 3 because your words can create, your words are powerful, and it's time for us to create some things of God in our lives. It's time for that. Your, your words are like a container I was thinking about it when I, anybody go through the drive-thru of a bank? Anybody? Three of us? Six of us? Okay. You got that, you know what I'm talking about? They got that little container. And you open it up, and it's pretty cool because you put it in the thing and it goes, it's like, where'd it go? And then it comes out at the lady's deal, you know, or the guy there, and he's like, he gets that out. Our words are containers. I I think I'm going to do something this week. I think I'm going to put a word and go to a bank and put a word in there like, you're magnificent. And just send it to the thing. And then leave. <laughs> what do you think, David? <laughs> Anybody want to join me this week? Come on, I got something with me. Yeah, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Let's hit every bank in town. Let's just We're going to put some positive words in there. And, you know, it's kind of like ringing and running. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> If I used to do it in a bad way, never mind. We're not even going to talk about that. We're talking about building for the future, right? And our words continue to do that. They're containers, and they're powerful. They're powerful. Let's jump to Ephesians 4.29, Bobby. I want to, I want to give you this word. There is a, a, a man of God who I dearly love, who is a father to me, and in the faith is a magnificent man. And this is his favorite scripture. And it says, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need for the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear it. Speak words that have grace. I'm going to have the ushers come, and they're going to they're give you a handout today. Because how many of you know we're not going home with a moan? We're going to go out with a shout. Can I get an amen? They're going to give you, a, if the ushers, if the old guys will pat, go ahead and pass this out. These are some words. These are some declarations. And they're not my word. They're God's word. They're not, they're not what I say. They're what he says. They're, they're strictly out of his word. Words, if we speak words, our words should be imparted full of grace. I'm going to break this scripture down next week, and there's a lot that I want to run and get to next week. And I just, I just want to say one thing. Thank you for allowing us, myself and Shelly today, to speak into your life. We've so much enjoyed you being able to be part of this. And, and I know God has got some great things. We're talking about building for your future. Jeremiah 29:11 says, The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future. Okay, everybody, everybody got those, and we still got some more. Yet to give some, we got some on that back row back there. Do we have enough? If if you if you if who doesn't have one, just put your hand up. So there's some back here, and he's he's getting the ones up front. 
The first point I want to get across is words are powerful. Say that. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. You have power right there in your mouth. Woo, I got the power. <laughs> I got the power. I got the power. The Bible says that you have power of death and life. And even make sure that, oh, by the way, you can speak death or life, but look, speak life. Speak life. Okay? So just some scriptures I gave you here, Romans 4, 17. It says, God who gives life to the dead calls into being those that which does not exist. In other words, what doesn't exist, those good things that are in the spiritual realm, God's going to take those things that don't exist and bring them into the, the natural realm. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess your mouth, we've just used this as a salvation scripture, somebody coming to Christ. But there's even more to that. It says, if you confess with your mouth, how, how do you receive Jesus as Lord? By your words. It's confession. By your words. By your words. Well, let me think. You got Jesus? I'd tell you, but I can't use my words. Are you with me? So Romans 9 and 10, it says, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Here it is. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with a mouth, with your mouth, a person confesses, resulting in salvation. Matthew eight thirteen says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Say this after me. My prayers are powerful and effective. God richly supplies all my financial needs. I am dead to sin and alive to obeying God. I live under supernatural protection. I walk in ever-increasing health. How many people messed it up? They're like, man, he just skipped one. Amen. We're going to be positive, though. I got back to it. Number six, I prosper in all my relationships. I consistently bring God encounters to other people. Through Jesus, I'm 100% loved and worthy to receive all of God's blessing. Number nine, each member of my family is wonderfully blessed and radically loves Jesus. And number 10, I hilariously laugh when I hear a lie from the devil. So when he says you're not worthy, you just go, ah! <laughs> when he says there's no way you can do that, you just got to say, ah! I can't. he's so funny, he's so funny. He's a liar. <laughs> I want you to take this home with you. Stand to your feet today. Let's give the Lord some praise. He is worthy today. Amen? Now, say this after me. My words are powerful. They create things in my life. I'm building for the future. Therefore, I am declaring positivity over my life. Therefore, I'm declaring God's word over my life. Therefore, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. Therefore, I'm blessed, and I'm going to bless others. Therefore, I'm a child of the Most High God. Therefore, 
I worship the Lord, and I love him greatly. Let's give him some praise in the house. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, we're, we're, we're going to close today our, our gathering, but we're going to have people that will pray for you over here today. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're saying, you know what, I want to make a decision today, you can make that decision right now. If you're here today and maybe say, look, you know what, I need, I need to move forward with the things of God. And you just need somebody to pray for you. Our prayer teams are here. Let's, let's pray just a moment. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we just thank you that our words are powerful. I ask, God, that you will open our ears to hear the words that we're saying. And that we're not about pointing other people's words, what they say out to them, but we are hearing just what we say. And that we speak words from your Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we speak words of life. Speak life. Speak life. We speak life to those dry areas. We speak life to those, those dry bones. We speak life to those things. Maybe those things that are dead need to stay dead, but there are some things that need to be resurrected in your life. We speak life to you. We speak life to you in all areas. We speak life over your children, life over your grandchildren, life over your parents and your grandparents. We speak life to you. We declare life over your lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Hey, God bless you. Building for the future. We're here Wednesday if we want to join us, 630. God bless you. Go forth in his power and his might today. God bless.